Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We chat to Scotland's first professional rugby player, Jade Conkle. Edinburgh win with the greatest showman try and Glasgow put 50 on the cheetahs. Here we go. Welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. How are you guys doing? I'm David. And on my right, there he is, the most negative man in Scottish rugby. It's Alan Little. How are you, mate? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> it's just the mornings again. Mate. It is. Struggling. We're, we're here again before work, bringing you your weekly dose of Scottish rugby. And to my left is Matt. How are you, pal? Good mate, yeah, off the back of two two pro wins at the weekend, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. It's pretty good, and do you think it was noticeable that we were watching the Glasgow game at the wedding, or do you think we got away with it? I think it was okay. I think, Alan, when you interrupted your speech <laughs> to, to sort of read out the result... Mate, uh, Ali know. Price got a sweet try, what the hell am I meant to do? <laughs> people demanded <laughs> to know. Um, thanks a lot, guys, for um, coming back and listening to us. Um, you're chatting to us as always on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod and on Instagram Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod. And we have had, if you will believe it, guys, three new emails in the in the mailbag. <laughs> that is the Thistle Rugby at Gmail dot com. Um, and I'll actually start off with one of them. This is, I think, the third time he has emailed. So. This is Archie Halkett. Hi, Archie. He says, I love your pod. It is definitely the best in Scotland. So that is the definitive... Um, it's done. It's game over. That's it. It's game over now. A quick question to kick us off here, guys. This could actually do a whole pod in itself. Who is better, Ali Price, Henry Pergos, or George Horn? Matt. I'm going to say overall game, Ali Price. 
Aaron? D- definitely not Burgos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a harsh one. Uh, on last night, Price, but I prefer Horn. Yeah. On last night, sorry, on the weekend, yeah, I thought weekend. Price was, abs- was really, really good. Price was really good. Um, I think if I was making a long-term investment in someone, I'd put my money in George Horn. So he's a growth stock. I think he's a growth stock <laughs> over the next 10 years. Archie, thanks a lot for listening. I hope that has answered <laughs> your question. Um, so we're going to kick off with some news, look back at everything that's happened in the last week in Scottish rugby. And then we've got a really good interview with um, Scotland's first fully professional rugby player, Jade Conkle. Matt spoke to her last week. Is she uh, is a good, Matt? Oh, yeah, it's great. Really, really great girl and really interesting sort of her career and what she's up to now at an interesting time for the women's game brilliant so we will be checking in with that then we will look back at edinburgh's win um against connor and glasgow's big win at altitude against the cheetahs and then a little bit of a preview of next weekend how does that sound guys sounds bloody delightful sounds great so let's kick it off actually with a little bit from um, our own parish newsletter some news from thistle HQ. We're very, very happy to announce that we are now working in partnership with Scrum Magazine. Um, they're a great Scottish brand um, and have been running the magazine for almost 11 years now. They've got issue number 111 coming out, and that's going to be at the end of October. And that is going to be a full preview of the Autumn Internationals, packed with interviews, previews, everything. I think even we are going to get a little bit of print coverage in there, which is quite nice. Print. Big yeah. pressure. I mean, <laughs> if they want to. Yeah, I'm not sure. Between the three they of us, to. we could write something passable, heavily uh, edited. I'm sure they will be able to edit that up for us. Um, <laughs> get yourself onto scrummagazine.com and subscribe for free. They, um, they do a quarterly print magazine um, and as well as um, continuous online content with some of the great um, Scottish writers covering everything from the club game, the women's game, the pro game, and of course the international game. Uh, you can like them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter as well. So we're going to be working with them. You'll be able to get our pod on their website as well. And we're working on a number of things, possibly even some live events. So you might be able to see us out in the wild one day. So that is exciting. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if the pod will transfer live, but you know, we'll we'll try our hardest. We're gonna have to see how we get on. <laughs> just um, us, us three and like four guys and the three sisters just like woo <laughs> Scottish <laughs> rugby. Maybe a chunk might make an appearance. Yeah. Oh, be, well, that, that would bring in the numbers. That would bring in the serious numbers. Um yeah, so we're really excited about that. Um good times for the pod. Um right. Good times to bad times. There has been an injury update off the back of um, Glasgow's win in uh, South Africa. Where should we start? Uh, so not a great choice. How about we start with Stuart Hogg? He has had ankle surgery and he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. What impact do you think that's going to have on Glasgow? And is he going to be back in time for the Autumn Internationals? Yeah, sometime in the middle of November. Beginning middle of November, so he should be back. So probably, so probably won't play though. South Africa game on the 17th, isn't it? It is the 17th, yeah. I, I think we've got to aim, aim to return for that. I kind of think... What's the point in playing him? We've got Fiji and Wales before that. Mm. Wales after. Or is it pre? Wales is pre. Um, yeah, obviously don't rush him back for the Wales and the, the Fiji game. It feels like coming into World Cup year, you want your best team out against South Africa in that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, if you play Kinghorn there, you still got a really good option. And you don't, obviously he's not the same calibre, but you don't, the, the drop-off's not that big. And if you're keeping Hogg fit and then you can give him a run of games in the Pro 14 and the Champions Cup to the Six Nations, I kind of think what's... 
It's only the Ottoman internationals. But then Gregor Townsend clearly wants to have Kinghorn on the wing in that back three. So don't you want Kinghorn to get as much game time on the wing as possible? Yeah, possibly. But then I still think that if Hogg goes down injured, Kinghorn's your man at 15. So, yeah, don't you know, you it's, it's another option where you're giving him the chance to, to do so. What impact do you think it's going to have on Glasgow for that six to eight week period? I actually almost think it's going to have, back to your point about how strong Kinghorn is, I actually think it's going to have a bigger impact on Glasgow than it would do Scotland. Just because I actually think Hogg come out the gate looking relatively sharp mm. this season. He's looking great apart from his lid. Oh, God, his lid is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think especially with these Champions Cup, the Champions Cup games coming out, especially first game up against Saracens, yeah. you want to have him in that squad. And I think whilst, look, we're big fans of Rory Jackson on the pod, but it is a massive step down. Mm. Yeah. And also, Hogg seems to be bringing a lot more to the party this year than even in recent in recent years, like with his kicking game. Yeah, restarts, kicking to touch. Yeah. And I think it looks like he's sort of taking a bit of a leadership role. So, yeah, I yeah. agree. It's, it's quite a big dent for Glasgow. It is. And um, what I think is actually possibly a bigger one, Xander Ferguson, we haven't had an update on timings yet, but he had, uh, he had surgery in South Africa straight after the match on a lower leg injury. Um, so it looks like he's got a pretty seriously lengthy time on the sidelines. Um, Adam Nicol has flown out to sort of, be, I don't know, get a holiday in South Africa and be the, the third the third choice there. He's like, fine, I will go to <laughs> I will go to Port Elizabeth. Couple of business class flights, train yeah. a bit, come back. But great? Does, with Ferguson dropping down, you look at who they've um, Glasgow got on that tight head. They've got Darcy Ray. The Nuke and Adam Nicol are the sort of the three who are there. Do you think Dave Rennie needs to sort of look for a sort of short-term or longer-term replacement? Um, well, there was a bit of chat that because obviously, which I think we'll come on to later, Big Brian's getting tapped up by Toulon, that potentially mm. Glasgow were happy for him to leave so that they could free up some cash to get a replacement property. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I think so they... Just get someone from the Mitre 10. Yeah. I mean, the last time they did that, they got the Nuke. I like the nuke. You leave I mean, him alone. The nuke is absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree though. It, it does look a pretty bare bones when you when you go beyond Ferguson. Yeah, and whilst we obviously a lot of us want Big Brian, you know, he's young, he's got potential. We he he looks like he could be a good player, but in terms of what Glasgow need right now, it's not another second row, yeah. especially with Rob Harley playing pretty well yeah. and being yeah. able to cover that position. Yeah. We have gone straight on to Brian. That was the second point on my thing. Yeah, well, I, I don't actually know too much about it, to be honest. It's really bizarre. It came out of, it came out of nowhere. Um, he's apparently been down there since Saturday um, on a week-long trial. Kenny Murray from Glasgow Warriors has confirmed that he's down there having a chat. Um, <laughs> so Kenny, anyone... Murray, Kenny Murray also said there's no way he can even run. Like, he's still injured. Yeah, apparently it was Murad Bujalau. Is that the game of the guy who owns Toulon? Yeah, yeah. Well Toulon lost last weekend. And then at his press conference, he was like, I'm signing 10 new players. It was five. But five you, yeah, uh, whatever yeah, it yeah. is. And he's just gone, let's get Brian. Imagine that. It's just the worst. Listen, it's lo- just the worst. I love club. Brian mainly because he's given us loads of great jokes and stuff to talk about. I'm not sure he's ever had a particularly good performance for Glasgow. And on that point of salary, how much are we paying him? He came from like that's true. He came from Waikato in the in the Mitre Ten. Mm. Barely played any Super Rugby games. He can't be on that much money. Yeah, possibly not. No, but yeah, again, I think you just got Johnny Gray, Swinson, Cummings, Greg Peterson, Kieran McDonald. 
Even like Andrew Davis, Andrew who Davidson. plays for Air, who's like pretty good. Yeah. With Rob Harley. And you can yeah. probably shove like Wilson and Ash in the row if worst comes to yeah. worst. Yeah. Like it just feels that it's potent. There's definitely positions that need to be strengthened mm. more than there. Yeah, and I think I actually think I thought Brian was pretty good when he first came. I think yeah. I think it's a shame. I think that and for a while we talked about him having that grunt that Glasgow missed in in their sort of Champions Cup game. So I think it's a bit of a shame. But he hasn't played for like a year, so then they've like sent like a detective off to Samoa, and that just turns out he's thirty four. And they're like, <laughs> "Fuck, shove, get serious knee injury." Yeah, so yeah. like, oh, no, get him out of here. Too long. You're more than welcome to him. Um, <laughs> Well, we'll keep an eye on that, um, on young Brian and his um, trip to the south of France. Uh, Matt, do you want to give us a quick rundown of what went on in the tennis premiership last weekend? Yeah, um, it seems once again it's a bit of the haves and haves not. So Edinburgh Aki's got an absolute pumping in the hands of Harriet's 71-12 at home. Ugh. Craig Robertson running in six tries. What? Yeah, six tries. So he's gone up to top of the table because he had one before. <laughs> so he's on seven. That's unbelievable. Um, Curry put 42 points past Hoyk. Yeah. And Ben Robbins scored five tries for Curry. Um, Come on, Ben, pull the finger out. <laughs> Imagine scoring five tries and not scoring the most tries. I know, and then looking at the scores and saying someone else has got six. Um, Wilsonians, who I think were looking pretty strong at the start of the season, um, went down heavily at home to Melrose, who once again are looking like title contenders. Uh, Glasgow Hawks lost to Barramir with a last-minute try. And Air, who are looking, alongside Melrose, one of the strongest teams, beat Sterling County by 43 points to 15. Sounds like Air looking pretty good. I think Air and Melrose once again, but Air in particular a bit, are looking strong. Yeah, a bit chat Stafford McDowell and Paddy Kelly. Yeah, absolutely ripping it up in the midfield. Playing well, for, playing well. I'm not surprised. Yeah, there were quite a few pros involved. Um, Matt O'Wally playing for Sterling County. Do you see his little flick? Yeah, it was. It was really oh, nice. It was absolute filth. <laughs> it, it seems like he loves it. Yeah, Masangas playing for Hawks. Got to try. Yeah, I think Masanga doesn't like it as much as Nico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just well, think like, Nico's the sort of player that like just loves playing yeah, rugby. Yeah, of course. He probably loves well, playing great rugby. To see. Doesn't probably isn't, doesn't go in for the big physical stuff. He'll be on like over a hundred grand a year, and he gets to run out for Sterling County rather than getting like battered yeah. down yeah. in South Africa. Do you think he's getting on the bus back to Sterling? <laughs> at, and then. Like, Absolute smash it If up. anybody from Sterling County is listening, please <laughs> slide into our DMs and yeah. let us know if Nico we'll read you out anonymously. is getting on the beers after the game. That would be awesome. Um, one other little bit of news that p- uh, pricked my interest this week. Um, the age groups are going to play their own 1872 Cups. So Glasgow 16s, 18s and 20s oh. are now going to play respective sort of um, 1872 cup fixtures. I, I presume it's a move to try and make that rivalry more real um, and instill it <laughs> in the uh, in the younger players. But I think that's quite a good thing. I think more games at that sort of higher level for developing players is, uh, is a good move. Yeah, sounds absolutely class. Um, I didn't even know they did district to under 20 level. but they, They've kind of been doing it on and off for a while. Yeah. Like they've, they've had even the Caledonia and Borders teams playing. Um, so it's a mix of academy and decent club and uni players. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good to formalize it. I think it's good to formalize it. Those games are free of charge at the Orium or so, Orium. Am I so saying like, that right? Orium? Be, Orium? Good, who cares? Who okay. cares? <laughs> Can we, uh, one quick thing. Do you saw Jamie Lyle's article in the BBC about Bill Matter? Oh, about Bill yeah. Matter, yeah. yeah. It was just like, <laughs> I told my wife we were going to Edinburgh 
And then she asked him where Edinburgh was, and he was like, I don't know, but we're going on a plane, and it's close to London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, I think that's... In the context of going from Fiji to the UK, that's, that's fair. I yeah, love, that is fair. I love that. It was a re- really good article. It's on our Twitter feed, um, at Thistle Rugby Pod. The other good bit was him talking about how dark it is in Scotland during the winter. <laughs> he was like, you get up at seven, it's still dark. And he's just like, all you want to do is go back to sleep, but you can't because you've got to go to training. Yeah. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Well, that'll be, that is all the news I've got noted down. Um, why don't we kick things off by hearing from Jade Conkle. Matt had a chat with her at the end of last week about um, her time in France and how she's doing now playing in the Tyrrells Premiership down south. Here we go. So delighted to say that we're joined on the line uh, by Jade Conkle, Scotland's first female professional rugby player. Jade, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, what's been on the agenda today? Is it sort of been a, a full day of training for you at Harlequins, where you are now? Yeah, it's been a really busy day. Um, it's not stopped. Started the morning off with some conditioning. Um, then I went to the gym just after that. I had some breakfast and went to the gym. Then I had physio, and then I had another gym session, and then tonight I've got a bit more conditioning. So I just head about to head home for some food, and then straight back in. That does sound really full on. Um, how how has the move been so far? Um, obviously you're you're sort of playing now in the Tyrrells 15s this year. Um, how how is Callaghan's been been going? It, really well. The setup here is absolutely fantastic. We've got a full time strength and conditioning coach. We've got a coach. We've got a full time physio. Um, so it's fantastic, like the the setup and the way that we're wanting to drive the women's game forward. You get a publicity and media that go around. We've got the double headers at the stoop as well. We've got the switch programs for girls. Like the whole setup in general is all about driving women's rugby forward. So it's an absolutely fantastic club to be a part of. That sounds great. And and just to clear it up, is is it a fully professional setup that that you're under now? Is, is everyone within the league fully professional? No, not yet. Obviously, that's the long-term aim, and Harlequins are certainly going down the right path to make that happen um, a lot sooner rather than later. So everybody still has their daytime jobs um, and kind of fit training around that on a Tuesday and Thursday, but then there's the extra sessions that you know can be available with the full-time staff as well, where and when appropriate and when people are available. Sure, and, and what is it that you're doing with yourself um, you know, away, away from rugby at the moment? Um, so I'm currently full time because I'm contracted with Scottish Rugby. So I'm in and out of the gym at least three times a day. Um, you know, I've got like nutritional help. Um, obviously, get quite a good time. Well, I say a good time to recover. I feel like I've not stopped today. Um, but then, obviously, I've just completed my uh, personal training courses, and then I'm doing some online like fitness nutrition stuff just to kind of improve my knowledge. Um, do a bit more and then I'm coaching Wimbledon as well so it's really right. good to see things from a coach's perspective as well and I feel like that's going to help my game and hopefully I can you know help other people in Wimbledon's game as well. Definitely so, and it seems as if um, there are more sort of Scottish players um, becoming more professional and moving down south um, presumably that that's only a good thing for the game. Yeah definitely obviously you want to be you know in amongst the high performance, the, the faster physical, like, you know, physical side of the game. And you get that here with the league. It's, like, very competitive. You get, you know, the speed elements, the really skillful elements as well. And you get to play with different players. Um, and it's, it's just great. It's an all-round, like, you know, fantastic league. You get to travel up and down. And uh, it's definitely, you know, going to improve each and every individual. And hopefully then we can bring that back into, you know, an international team element as well. Certainly, and 
And before your move, you you were um, across the pond in in France. How did that move come about? And sort of how was your your time playing for Lille? And um, yeah, that was all a bit bizarre, and you know it still feels a bit surreal to this day. And um, the head coach actually messaged me on Facebook, um, said that he'd seen me play for the, the national team, um, and he'd be interested in speaking about going over to play for the season. So. I spoke with Scottish Rugby and they thought it was a great idea. So they really backed the idea, got behind me, helped me kind of get it on its feet. And then we kind of created a partnership with Lee as well. So now we also have two players out there uh, at present. Um, and hopefully we can keep you know feeding players in and out. Because to play in the top eight was great. Like, honestly, the physicality. I swear, the further down south you got, like, the bigger the girls got. <laughs> like, the more physical the game was, the bigger the hits were. Um, so it was really great to be involved in that week in, week out. And, um, you know... Apart from rugby, you got the whole life experience, you got the culture, you got the meeting the people, you got the language. So, um, not very many people spoke English. The coaches were completely French-based language. So, you have to learn and adapt, just like you have to do on the pitch. So, yeah, I learned so many things on and off the pitch, and it's definitely a, an experience of a lifetime that was certainly helped through Scottish rugby. Yeah, it sounds like an absolutely incredible experience. Obviously, it was one that was good from a personal point of view. You were nominated for one of the top players in in the in the championship. Was that sort of a bit of a, a surprise for you or, or did you sort of think that um, th- that was the way that it was going throughout the season? Um, obviously, like you go out to play your absolute best for your team and obviously you want to put in a good performance and be able to walk away and be like, I could, but you know, to be nominated in the top three alongside two absolutely phenomenal players and even having played around so many fantastic players, it was pretty bizarre. Like I got a phone call and I had absolutely no idea because I only got the phone call a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, to be nominating that like is is absolutely amazing and definitely going to be a great memory. And um, I'm off to Paris next Monday for the award ceremony. So, yeah, it's going to be really amazing to to be a part of something like that. Especially having spent a year there, you know, there's going to be lots of great memories that I've already got, and that's just going to you know be the cherry on the cake. Yeah, definitely. And and what what was it that sort of prompted the move to Harlequins then? Because it sounds like you know France is a, a pretty good place to be. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I've kind of been in communication with Karen Finlay, who's been the head coach of Harlequins for some time. She was my first Scotland international coach. She brought me into the squad. You know, we spoke on and off about the English league, and um, I always wanted to you know be involved in uh, rugby down south. And then France came along, and I thought that's going to be an experience of a lifetime. Kind of need to grab that while I can because I can see myself settling in a place down south uh, more so than. In France, so to get both experiences, it was great to then have the experience, have the like be exploited to that kind of lead to then come over, and it'd be really good for me to be able to compare the two as well to kind of see what the differences are, what I can bring from both, and then what I can learn from each one as well. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's an exciting journey ahead. Definitely, absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, did you ever envisage, you know, when you first picked up a rugby ball, that you would be um, a fully professional player and, and maybe within that could you just maybe sort of talk us through your your background in the, in the sport and, and, and how you, you first got involved it's a pretty interesting journey you've taken Yeah it's, it's all been a bit sometimes I feel like I just need to pinch myself and wake up and it's all going to have been a dream um, like I didn't really be enough I was studying minis when I was about nine but that was in a full boys team and then to, to move on from that there was not really any rugby for girls so we would meet up as a kind of like Highland North of Scotland kind of group um, a couple times a year and then we would go and play in a tournament but obviously it wasn't you know being exploited to that whole 
rugby elements, so I played basketball um, mm. for Highland Bears under 18s. But when I was 17, I kind of was like, you know, rugby's what I love to do. Like, I grew up running up and down the sidelines, watching my parents play, my brothers played, and I knew that I really wanted to play something. How can I do this? So when I was 17, I drove to Edinburgh, and I trialled for a senior development day, so just to kind of be involved in, I think it was like, you know, camps in the south, the west, the north, all that kind of stuff. And then I got selected into the under-20s. It was actually seven years ago yesterday that I got selected into the under-20s. Oh, wow. And then, I know, and then I got a, um, I spent a year there, and then I got an email saying that I got invited to a camp in the senior women's squad. So obviously that in itself was absolutely fantastic. Didn't really think much of it, but, you know, just kind of, be involved and get a feel for the environment kind of thing. And um, the train back and taking I think got capped in the since two thousand and thirteen. So I spent a training trip spent on training from August to February and then got my first international cap so just turned nineteen at the time. And um, so that obviously couldn't have expected it. Um, I think absolutely inexperienced, but certainly learned learned on the job and learned how to you know better myself, like the best for athlete, and that's on and off the pitch as well. So I read a lot of mental toughness books, lots of mentality things, and um, figuring out what works for me, such as like S C nutrition, and um, I love analysis as well. A lot of kind of as well so I think every little thing ties in it's not just you know you step up on the pitch and, and come off so I think you know I'm going to always continue to do that because I'm not even close to you know, where I can be and with the help of you know all the support that I'm getting hopefully I can keep progressing and building on this journey and uh, become a better player and a better person and a, a really good teammate as well. Yeah so, so definitely Um, I mean it seems like within the past couple of years definitely there's been a real evolution in the women's game in Scotland. Um, you know, is it is it very different to when you you first started, and what have the major changes been? Um, yeah, it's been massively different. Obviously, like if you'd said to me back in the back in the day that there'd be a professional women uh, rugby player in Scotland in general, not not necessarily myself, I'd have been like, um, yeah, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, when I first started, like we would have camps, like very little camps in the build-up to the Six Nations, but then be in competing to the Six Nations. But you just had to kind of get on and do with what you what you could while you were advancing, you know, uni, work, social, and family life. Um, so yeah, like it, it's been bizarre. But now the more support, more funding, um, just kind of a lot more that's going into the program as well. And then we've got a core group of players now, so we've got like an average age of like twenty two at the moment. Um, that are all building as well, that are all getting better, all improving. And we're working as a core group now, so we are just going to continue to get better. And then going into the younger ages, we've now got the under-20s set up again. We've got the under-18s. We've had programmes to build them up as well. So having younger girls coming through as well is absolutely fantastic. And having these programmes are, are great. And Scottish rugby are really buying into growing the women's game. Um, so, yeah, I think only great things are to come and... Like it's just going to continue to surprise me, I think. And do you, do you? I might put you on the spot a bit here, but do you consider yourself a, a role model for the sort of up and coming players in 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 Scotland as that first um, female professional rugby player? Yeah, like I remember when I was younger, like I would look on the Scottish rugby website and see all the player profiles for the women, and then 
to actually have played alongside them, I still find it like absolutely bizarre. Um, so when you put yourself, when you try and think of it in other people's shoes, you can see yeah how you're a role model, and you get quite a lot of really good messages from from people of support and that, and that's when it kind of really hits home that everything you're doing is not just for you, it's not just for the team, but it's like for other people coming through, and hopefully I can show that. Um, being a female rugby player can be a path that can be taken and whether that's if they want to be professional or just want to you know improve their life skills such as you know getting that determination in life like being more accountable little things like that the whole resilient and tenacious approach to to life it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, you know, like more than happy and always honoured to get those messages and to kind of help where possible. So, yeah, I think it's, I suppose, yeah, yeah, definitely see myself as a role model, but it still feels pretty bizarre. Sure, that's absolutely amazing. Um, and so, looking at, looking ahead at your your season with with Quinns, what, what are you looking to achieve personally this year? Um, obviously, I'd, I want to improve as a player. Um, they finished second in the league last year, so obviously, we'd really hope to, you know, make the final again and come away with the come away with the title. But we've just got to focus on our processes, and you know, hopefully, the outcome will take care of itself. And for me, it's just to, you know, get fitter, even fitter, even stronger, even more powerful. Um, you know, learn different parts of the game, learn what I can do better as an eight. Um, get a feel for different positions as well and it's just knuckling down on the little aspects of analysis as well like a bit in the tackle for example getting your foot in closer mm. the, the the line speed you have the way I carry the ball little things that are going to help my game that will build it into a bigger picture so yeah just to kind of improve all around as an athlete and as a person and then really grow here and enjoy it as a club Great and and in terms of the national team obviously had a, a good um a good last six nations. Uh, what what are you guys hoping to achieve um, in the coming season? I, I think the the first there's a series of fixtures in November. The first of them against Canada, which will obviously be a, a really good test. So, what are you guys looking yeah. to to come out with? Um, obviously, it's just kind of keep building as a squad. Um, I feel like you know over the years you've definitely proved and kept that momentum going forward. So, I think it's just build year on year on year. And we've got the big focus of the 2021 World Cup now. So we're going to knuckle down just keep trying to move forward and qualify for the World Cup so that's the you know big goal it's all the little things that we're going to do on the pitch and really figure out what we can do and show as a team so yeah just to keep moving forward and try and keep step up each performance definitely um, Jade that's been absolutely fascinating I think it's, it's such an interesting time for the, for the women's game and I uh, really appreciate you coming on to, to speak with us 
thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Great, good stuff. I'll I'll let you go. Okay, thank okay. you very much. Thank you. Thanks again. No worries. See you later. Yeah. Bye. Well, that was great. Matt, it sounds like you guys got on like a house on fire. Oh, she was so nice. It was great to, to speak to her. It's just so, such an interesting path that she's had from sort of, as she said, like playing rugby in Inverness where there was nothing at the time, having to travel sort of far down to play any kind of rugby and just gra- grabbing any opportunity she's been given. Um, and as she said, she wouldn't have ever expected to be a professional rugby player whatsoever. yeah. It's um, obviously it's great that Scotland are putting in all this investment, but it almost feels like they just start to kind of get closer to some of the other unions. And now England are like, yeah, we're just going to make 28 players professional. Yeah. And just kind of that gap yeah. potentially between the... I think, I think the gap between the rest of the Six Nations and England and France, and then New Zealand and maybe Australia and Canada actually are very good yeah. as well. Like, that's very difficult to bridge. But it feels like Scotland are making a lot of progress versus the likes of Wales and, and Ireland. And, you know, they've they recently announced um, their own sponsor. Yep. And now there are, I think, there's eight full-time women now playing across the, the Tyrrells 15s, which is kind of semi-fully professional in England and in France. So some at Stade Niçois, of all clubs. Love Stade um, Niçois. So... Yeah, it's, it's looking like a pretty exciting time. I think it's great. Um, I was thinking about SP Energy Networks, and we talked about them last week of why they're sponsoring Glasgow. They're not even a like consumer energy company. Yeah, they're B2B, aren't they? They're, they're B2- <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> you Brad, can't even switch to SP Energy Networks. It's, so, it's B2B, B2B, mate. They want to bring the big Glasgow clients to the games. Malcolm Group. Malcolm Group. Malcolm, Malcolm Group. Group. <laughs> Smart. Okay, I think we've talked enough about SP Energy Networks. But we're we're gonna, still, no, we'll, no. There's more to be found out. We need, we need to dive deeper. We're going di- to dig into that investigative style. Um, right, should we go to Edinburgh versus Connett? Friday Night Lights. They just, just missed the sellout at Murrayfield, which is a real shame. But they went on to win 17-10 tries from... Big Duhan van der Merder and the greatest showman. And van der Waal had his kicking boots on with two conversions and a penalty. We, Matt and I at least, watched this in a McDonald's service station after our car had broken down um, <laughs> on my phone, which is actually not a bad way to watch rugby. I quite enjoyed it. I had my Big Mac meal, had a cheeseburger, McFlurry. It was actually was, decent, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was flying. It was great. Um, what did you guys make of Edinburgh? Not great. I think it was just a really sort of frustrating match. I think people would have seen that Cocker came out and sort of had a go at the referee and Connaught for being you know, a bit negative in their play. And I, I do think there's an element to that. But still, Edinburgh had so much possession and just couldn't turn it into points, yeah. which was kind of felt like Edinburgh of old slightly, not taking chances, not being able to create many chances as well. You get getting a little bit bored of Cockrell's moaning whether it's sort of ref or other teams. I feel like it's just, yeah, fine. Maybe the referee wasn't particularly great, but that's not the reason Edinburgh didn't win by like 30 points. Yeah, there are other issues. Yeah, like the end of the day, the attack was pretty budget and the error count was pretty massive. Probably just focus on that rather than like whining after (laughs) games. I I think there is a bit of a case to answer, not necessarily on the refereeing, but the TMO wasn't working or something like that. The ref couldn't see the big screen. Like, yeah. And Murrayfield's got 
massive screens, but the the stuff wasn't being played back to him. To be fair, like I don't even think there were very many. There weren't very many controversial TMO decisions in the match. Yeah, all. it wasn't like it was a sort of right. That'd be a red card. I don't think. I don't think either. Yeah, I think the thing about Cockrell is the the media loves him, so they're always interview him, and there'll always yes. be a story. So it seems as if he's always there. Whereas because Alan Solomons was like you know eighty year old, like kind of retired school teacher, yeah. no one really cared. I think that's the first time to be fair Cockrell's complained about the refs. He had properly. a moment. No, he's moaned about, he moaned about the Ulster game because there was the Ulster uh, penalty or the one of the Ulster tries shouldn't have been a penalty or something. Yeah, and the ref admitted that. Yeah, exactly. And apparently he's done it again off the back of this Connacht game. There was, some, there was a decision that went against them and he's gone in and said, actually, you know, hands up. That's my, um, mm. that's my bad. Um, I thought, looking forward to Scotland anyway, Hamish Watson had another very, very good game. He just looks so strong when he gets his head over the ball, carrying, tackling, like just just doing what he does. And just normal service resumed. Really. Well, exactly, but just looking um, very good. And I think Matt Scott's fairly quietly, but been doing a very, very good job for um, Edinburgh at 12. Yeah, no, I think he's like, he's changed quite a lot as a player, I think. He's put on a lot of size. Yeah, he's big. From when, particularly from when he was last at Edinburgh, where he's sort yeah. of more of a jinking sort of playmaker type. But um, I think the backline's still not quite firing. Seems very lateral. Yeah. Especially when you've got like Van der Merwe and Kinghorn. You think that they would be using them to really get punch holes and get over the game line. Mm. But there's a lot of in the classic shoveling shit just like across, yeah. a, a, <laughs> yeah. across yeah. the line and not making those line breaks before trying to go wide. It's a shame. And then also we didn't talk about it, but that's Bennett out for pretty much the rest of the season yeah. as well. Because <sighs> I thought he was looking particularly against Ulster. He's looking, looking good, really good. So yeah. that's a shame. He's that kind of cutting edge that even if the structures and combinations aren't working, yeah. you can sort of provide a bit of magic. So that's a real shame. I think from a Scotland perspective, even though Edinburgh haven't been firing, I imagine Gregor Townsend's pretty happy. Quite a few of his key men, McAnally, Watson, yeah. stepping up and uh, leading from the front. Gilchrist had good games in the, in the run. As, as per... They're just so solid, and they yeah. think that front five of Edinburgh is really, really now now looking well. now looking pretty good as well. Actually, yeah. you know, yeah. now now Schumann and McAnally is one of the best front rows in that league. Well, we now need Nell and Bergen to not play any Ever again. any games. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Pierre, the greatest Schumann, very love, very nice the, little tagline. He's, He's unbelievable. There's such an amazing video of him that Edinburgh did this week, and. They ask him about his nickname, and I'm like, oh my God, the greatest showman. They're like, he's like, yes, they call me the shoe. <laughs> I think it was because I was wearing some funny shoes. It's honestly... Un- <laughs> if you get the chance, so go, and, go and check out his Twitter or his Instagram. His like, little thing, he's made little gifts of him and his wife. Oh what? my God, they're... Yeah, no, I saw it as Embarrassing. Well. Like oh genuinely God. like chucking leaves at each other in a park. He's easily my favorite player. I, think, I yeah. think he's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's, um, should we move on to Glasgow? I don't know if there's much more to say about Edinburgh. It's a win. Get They're the not going away to Leinster. They're off the mark. If they'd lost that, as you said last week, Alan, going away to, um, to Leinster, potentially. Season over. <laughs> Do you think it's like more, they'd feel like they've lost a point there? Yeah, yeah I think so. They should have definitely been pushing for the bonus point. And I think there's something to be said for Connaught being pretty negative and not letting them play. But Yeah, good teams can break that down though, can't they? I don't think Cockrell would mind them doing that if they go and win at the sports ground by that it's way. Ha- so It's yeah. happening. It is happening. Yep. Um, right, let's go up to um, Blomfontein. 
Glasgow winning 52. Oh, where is my thing that I'm trying to find here? This is very frustrating. Heard that before. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, oh, no. low, low hanging fruit. <laughs> low hanging fruit. Oh, no. I've had what it. have you done, mate? I've got it up. I've got it. Glasgow winning <laughs> 52 points to 24 against the Cheetahs. Tries from Adam, Adam Hastings. Two from Ali Price. Tommy Seymour. DTH Vandermeer. Callum Gibbons. And a horn. I'm not entirely sure which horn it was. It was George Horn. George it was horn. George Horn. When he was fan. on the wing. <laughs> yeah. And Hastings converted every single try. He did. Which is actually an interesting talking point because he's been basically banned from kicking from the first two games. It's been, it was taken off him. He hasn't kicked sticks at all. Pete Horn was kicking them in the first two games with a bit of hog as well. Mm, interesting. Hastings hasn't kicked at all. But apparently he can kick. Hastings man of the match again as well. Two from two. What, I mean, that was my, my starting point I had as our talking points were Ali Price and Hastings. Two people who had absolutely fantastic games um, at the weekend. Um, I th- let's start with Ali Price. I mean, I think last year we all know he wasn't at his best. Um, particularly after the Six Nations. Is he winning back that starting number nine jersey at Glasgow off um, George Horn based off a very good cameo against Munster and that strong uh, performance against the Cheetahs? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, George, George Horn for a long time now, it seems, has been the form nine. Uh, we are talking about it earlier. I, I think that Ali Price overall has a better game and a more sustainable game for international rugby because I think he has a better box kick. Do you, I think Ali Price is a better scrum half. George Horn is a better rugby player. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that like, you know, in the, in the Pro 14, that's very good. <laughs> in the Pro 14 and maybe in some Champions Cup games, like Horn is, is really invaluable. But yeah. I, just, I just wonder if he has enough strings to his bow when he can't make breaks or, you know, he's not going to be getting on the end of clean breaks all the time in an international match. So what else has he got? Yeah, I still think Price has like he's nowhere near Laidlaw in terms of the game control and yeah and game management, but I think he has the potential to to sort of get there. No one's near Laidlaw. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, no, I agree, but I, I think they'll probably switch in between them quite consistently. One doing fifty, the other doing thirty for a lot for yeah. even like Champions Cup games. I don't think they see that much between them. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a high quality problem to have. I wonder if against someone like Saracens, you might choose to go with Ali Price, Price. just because of that kicking game. Yeah. Whereas with maybe something like Leon, where you yeah. might just chuck, chuck yeah, Horn in and just go for it. I mean, the one person we're not talking about in this conversation is Nick Frisbee, one of the biggest signings for Glasgow of the summer. Nick Frisbee's just a bit confused. He's like, I'm being sent out to logistics centres. I'm not getting any <laughs> game Africa. time. I'm in South Africa. <laughs> But then, Surely. presumably, in, in sort of the international windows, yeah, he's I imagine going that's to come what... in. Did he, did he came on at the weekend, though, didn't he? Uh, I don't think no, he, he didn't. No, he, he, was, he, was, he was. No, he did come on. He, he came did, on. He did come on because they put Horn on the wing. I was just... So he came on at nine then? Yes. Okay. Because there was chat that he was going to maybe do a shift at 10. Yeah. But um, it didn't happen to our listener who suggested Lewis he was Anderson. coming. Lewis Anderson. Wrong uh, again, Lewis. <laughs> but again, it'd be, I guess it'd be interesting to see whether they, what they do with him for the Kings game. Because if you're going to ch- chuck him in for his first game, Kings is probably the best place to do it because they are utter dog. They are terrible. Yeah. Um, Another returning warrior, Hugh Jones, came on. Good to see good him to see. back. Must yeah. be some Scotland games around the corner. He's fancying it again. <laughs> you just literally want him to get like three or four games under his belt before the Autumn Internationals. Yeah. 
especially with now Duncan Taylor out for the rest of the season. You'd think, again, you'd probably start him against the Kings, give him that run out, which would be slightly... Um, Score like five tries. Although from the sounds of it, he's just like going to be out in the piss all this week in Cape Town with all, the game. all his old mates. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I thought it was, it was a bit of a weird f- first 40 from the looks of it. They sort of tried to almost play a little bit into the cheetah's hands and I, you'd kind of thought that at half time they're almost like blowing their load and especially excuse up me at, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean but especially like up at altitude I thought they might struggle in the second half to kind of keep the pace. but then like it seems as if the cheetahs like I'd never played at altitude before yeah I know well, that's <laughs> so tired I mean the cheetahs though they, they're still playing curry cup so they're running two squads they're running two it's squads just... which cumulatively have played eight games and lost all eight that sounds like a system that is working and is I sustainable. I haven't heard of any of their players. <laughs> yeah, no. But they've got some nice players, but... They do have some nice players. They've no, there's not a single international on in that team. They've lost all their best players from last year, yep. and their pack is pretty budget. And whilst injuries as well. I think, obviously, I thought Gray, Rob Harley all played pretty well. Yeah. How good was Rob Harley's line to set up uh, Price's yeah, first class. try? I was like, where's this coming from? Harley's come on pretty strong this year. I'm starting to like him. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Harley for Scotland. He's, hard. he's coming, he's coming oh, back. Great lineup option. Um, yeah, the defence has been pretty optional for the first half, particularly for the Cheetahs' tries. If you look at them, they're sort of like, ah, that's just not particularly well defended. Yeah. Um, and I think Glasgow coughed up the ball quite a lot. I think there was, it was pretty end-to-end stuff. They had lots of opportunities, and then there were sort of little mistakes or turnovers. The ball was stripped from them. Um, I kind but of they feel did, like those, that's always going to be the case against someone like the Cheetahs. It's a bit yeah. harem scarum. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at like even like the first minute, Adam Hastings' try, where he kind of just like gets the ball and just sort of like walks right. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. three on three, here we go. Oh, 70, uh, just, 70 done, seconds in. He's just done him on the outside. Um, which I mean, which was great. Great to see him scoring tries and winning man of the matches, but... It was a bit funny. Um, what about George Turner's one-handed pickup? Oh, so nice. One-handed pickup and then offload to Callum Gibbons for the try. Yeah. I, That's a place that Glasgow looked really great. Starting with Fraser Brown, then having George Turner off the, off the bench for half a good option. It's so, so good. Really dynamic. I think of one player who potentially hasn't started the season particularly well. I thought it was Pete Horn. Yeah. Do you think? I don't... I mean, he kind of just... He still kind of does the basics really, really well. But... I don't think he's really kind of lifted his game that much this season. Mm. And I don't know if that's because they're just trying to work with Hastings outside him. And obviously he's had different kind of 13s outside him the whole game. But there's no game where he's really kind of stood out as a kind of star performer. And again, with this one, he was kind of a little bit anonymous. I mean, in many cases, in many instances, he is a pretty limited player. So maybe you just don't quite notice the stuff that he that he does. Yeah. I wonder if his biggest job at Glasgow this year has been just like helping Adam Hastings. Yeah, yeah. that's probably taking up an awful lot of his like mental capacity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. making sure that um, Adam knows where he is. Maybe he's the guy that's making yeah, him get the these man on. of the matches uh, coming through. But I mean, it's a five-point win. Glasgow march on, and there's absolutely nothing to suggest that they shouldn't be getting five points um, against the Southern Kings. Should we go on and have a quick look at the games coming up this weekend? Yeah. Let's do well, it. Let's, let's start with the Southern Kings. Glasgow um, playing against them in Port Elizabeth. I'm not going to say too much because I can't see anything other than Glasgow scoring probably 50 points again. 
and getting a five point five point win. Yeah, and they've had to move it from the main stadium in Port Elizabeth because uh, they're prepping for the South African New Zealand game, which is in like three weeks' time. <laughs> so they've I think had they also go- did ticket counted ticket sales, and there was sort of seventy five people. They thought, oh yeah, uh, that's what we'll I was going to ask. Smaller. About. That's what I was going to ask about Bloemfontein. Where do you think the better atmosphere is at that stadium in Bloemfontein or at Murrayfield on Friday night? I mean, better atmosphere at the Green Yards, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. Um, Pro 14 claiming there was 5,000 people there, but I couldn't see that. Unless they were sitting so high up, they were above the camera. Yeah, that was I it. didn't see that many All people. The was they sounded the quite vocal. When Jesus was scoring tries, they sounded quite excited. But well, there you go. Loudspeaker and a Vuvuzela. <laughs> Vuvuzela. <laughs> Sorry, I took us down a, a tangent there. Southern Kings. Yes. Matt. Matt. Yeah, bonus point win. Bonus point win. Come away from South Africa with 10 points. What would you like to see Glasgow do with that team? Do you want to see them blood some lads that have not played an awful lot or get a little bit more just sort of continuity Glasgow going? I think pick a similar similar spine and then just sub in yeah. and out a few players. Maybe put in Nick Frisbee, give Frisar a bit of game time, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't Keith think you, Gray, I don't you need Wilson. to like, chuck in like Robin Aaron and Adam Nichol just because you think you can beat Kings with them. I think keep keep spying, add in some of the, the experienced players who haven't had some game time and just yeah. do them in. Do them in. Do them in. <laughs> just, get, get. just, you know, do them in. Do them. Um, thanks for that, Anne. Um Possibly not as clean cut. Actually, probably is clean, is clean cut. Edinburgh going to the RDS to play against Leinster Saturday afternoon. Matt, Matt, why don't you start us off with a bit of thought on this? I'm going to go rogue, and I'm going to say that this is going to kick off Edinburgh's season, is and they're going to beat them. Yeah. I think this is like perfect cockroach territory. Like This is like last year, being written off, and they're going to go this. I mean, they should have beaten Ulster away. Ulster yeah. on good form as well. Did you see the Leinster team that played last weekend? Well, that's the point, is are they going to play that team back to back? Yeah, that's, that, they pretty much played their first-round team against... Dragons? Yeah. yeah. But even if, they, even if they don't, even if they sub out like six guys, they're still putting in like 100 caps of international experience. Yeah. Did you see that when at the start of the season, like Jordan Lamore, who was like the Champions Cup like breakthrough last year, was listed as coming out of the academy yeah, as he was, a new he signing? Was a signing. He was yeah. still a, an academy player last yeah. year? An absolute joke. Oh, no, okay. I'm going to go rogue and I'm going to say they're going to win You're a tight one. Big win. Alan, can I assume that you do not agree? I think it will be close. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a fifty-two tenner, um, but I don't. I think we might get a losing bonus point. Losing bonus point. I think hopefully I just want that pack to go over there and just show what they're made of. I want the greatest show, showman to. I don't know. To batter people. Just to do the, to do <laughs> to do them in. Yeah, to do them in. Well, like it'd be, it'd be a good test for him because he's not really. He's if he's up against like Tag Furlong and Sean Cronin and stuff. Probably like the first international caliber mm. front row he's played against yeah and we're well presumably we'll put out a fairly international caliber front yeah. row so that's actually going to be a hell of a contest and it'll be great to see yeah. if Nell it's actually a really good test for Nell if he plays if him coming back to full fitness whether he can handle it exactly um, over there as well I, I kind of agree with you Alan my heart I really want to say that I think Cockrell's going to go over there and get, get the win and this is going to be the Edinburgh pack sort of really stamping their mark and putting down a massive performance but Leinster are just so good even though third 15 is really, really good. I'm in it later. I'm sort of reconsidering my view. No, you can't. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm doubling down. Uh, I would take, I absolutely would, on paper, take a losing bonus point and get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think that is fair. So, 
We will be back to well, a quick quiz if you want. Oh, I'm just going to ask. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I've, uh, to be fair, this has very much been Nick from uh, On Top of the Moon, which is a Scottish rugby blog for anyone. It's a very good one. Um, nationalities of players in current pro squads. We're just going to go boom. You're going to go back and forth. Between okay, them. go on. Okay. Um, we're going to kick it off with the team that has a lot less, which is Edinburgh, who've got six nationalities in their team. Dave, kick me up. What you got? Kick it off. Fijian. Fijian is correct. South African. South African is correct. New Zealand. New Zealand is correct. Italian. Italian is correct. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, there's one big one that no one said. Australian? No. <laughs> no Aussies. Well, I don't know what the big one is then. Wait, wait, wait. What nationality? English? English. Yeah, Nathan. Well, no, obviously we haven't said Scottish. You haven't said Scottish. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're leaving <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought yeah. we were going elsewhere. Oh, fine. Uh, actually, he hasn't put English, but I would count Nathan Fowles as English. Yeah. What? So Wait, who, he's played for Scotland. He's played for Scotland. Are there any more? There's one more. Is it Rogue? No. He's a back. Oh, Argentinian. Argentinian. Oh, nice. Well done. Three. So right. He was on the bench. Three all. Was. Going into Glasgow, who have got quite a lot more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different nationalities okay. in the squad. We'll take out Scotland, because clearly yeah. that's obvious. So we've got eight nationalities. It's three old. Dave. American. American, four, three. Canadian. Boom. New Zealand. Yeah. South Africa. Yeah. Australia. Yeah. Fiji. Yes, two left. It's six all. Two left. <sighs> um, Tongan. Tongan. Oh, who's the Tongan? The nuke. The nuke. The nuke. You got oh one more. One more. Um, is it, is it Matt to go, or are we just did? Go? Did we say Australia? We did. Yeah, we said Australian. Um. Oh Christ! I've got no idea. English. No. 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 I think Dave might take this. Um, Give you five five seconds. Samoa. Shit, he takes it. <laughs> oh, big God. Brian. Yeah, Big Brian. Yes. Seven, shit, seven oh, all. Yeah, seven all. What, call it a draw? I think we need to go Let's to work. Let's call that a draw. Yeah, yeah, I need yeah to go. we'll call that a draw. We need to go. We need to go to work. <laughs> we need to go to work. So thanks a lot for, for joining us on, again, guys. We will be back to um, talk about Edinburgh versus Leinster and Glasgow hopefully getting... Five points away at the Kings. Um, please keep chatting to us at Thistle Rugby Pod on Twitter. Thistle understroke rugby understroke pod on Instagram. Get into that mailbag, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. Get onto iTunes, subscribe, and give us a five-star review, and we will read it out. And get onto scrummagazine.com and subscribe over there. Thank you very much. We will see you soon. Thank you. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.